This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The Republican Party narrowly regained control of America's House of Representatives. Eight days after the midterm elections, the party clinched its 218th and decisive seat to the Democrats' 210. Regardless of how the remaining seven races fall, their margin is far slimmer than they had hoped for, and the worst midterm performance by a party out of power in 20 years. Nevertheless, it will allow them to stall much of President Joe Biden's agenda. Mitch McConnell was re-elected leader of the Republicans in America's Democrat-controlled Senate. He beat Rick Scott, who was backed by Donald Trump. It was the first challenge that Mr. McConnell, who has led his party in the Senate since 2007, has faced, marking the latest instance of Republican infighting. The UN Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, confirmed that an agreement to allow Ukraine to export grain by sea, despite an ongoing Russian blockade, would be extended by 120 days. Mr Guterres also said that work was being done to allow Russia to export food and fertiliser. On October 29th, Russia announced that it was abandoning the deal. Myanmar's state media said that the ruling junta released almost 6,000 of the more than 16,000 people it has arrested since seizing power in a coup in February 2021. Among the freed are a former British diplomat and three other foreign nationals. Despite the show of grace, the regime's war against pro-democracy fighters and ethnic militias continues, while the economy lies in ruins. Elon Musk promised to reduce his time at Twitter and eventually install a new boss at the social network. Shares in Tesla, Mr Musk's electric vehicle firm, have recently slipped amid investors' unease over the time he is devoting to Twitter, which he acquired for $44 billion last month. Earlier, Mr Musk sent an ultimatum to Twitter's employees, commit to a new, hardcore working environment, or leave. Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, Brazil's incoming president, was greeted enthusiastically at COP27, the UN climate summit in Egypt. Lula told delegates that Brazil is back and promised to fight deforestation in the Amazon rainforest. Germany and Norway have signalled that they are willing to help revive the Amazon Fund, a coalition working to protect the area. Xi Jinping dressed down Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in a sotto voce exchange at the G20 summit in Bali. China's president said it was not appropriate that details of their recent dialogue, during which Canada accused China of interfering with its elections and other domestic affairs, were leaked. An uncomfortable Mr Trudeau explained that Canada believes in free and open and frank dialogue. And fact of the day. 1.6 billion. The number of international tourist trips forecast to take place in 2023, still fewer than in 2019. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Indonesia's economy is ready to boom. Like much of the world, Indonesia is battling inflation. In October, prices rose by 5.7% year-on-year, well above the Bank of Indonesia's target of 2-4%. to So on Thursday, policymakers are expected to increase interest rates for the fourth consecutive month by half a percentage point to 5.25%. 
Indonesia's economic prospects, however, are bright. The economy grew at an annual rate of 5.7% in real terms in the quarter ending in September, the fastest pace in over a year. Foreign investment has poured into the country's metal processing sector, which draws on abundant deposits of nickel and other metals. Exports are booming as demand for other natural resources, such as palm oil, has risen. Joko Widodo, Indonesia's president, has managed the economy well, keeping government debt low and reintroducing a deficit cap. But that also presents a challenge. Jokowi, as he is known, must step down at the end of his second term in 2024. His successor may not guide the economy as well as he has. Britain's Autumn Budget On Thursday, Britain's latest Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, will deliver his first autumn statement. Designed to reassure investors, its contents will make voters squeal. The backdrop is Britain's deteriorating economic outlook, rising interest rates, and a sharp increase in the bill to service the government's debt. To achieve forecasts that by 2027 to 28 the debt-to-GDP ratio will be falling, the government is expected to announce spending cuts and tax rises worth nearly £55 billion, or $65.4 billion, annually, or around 2.5% of GDP. Much of the total will come from squeezing spending on public services. That is unwelcome news for those already concerned about cracks in health services and elsewhere. Current budgets are being eaten away by rising costs, strikes over wages are looming too. Household finances are already stretched. Two months ago, Mr. Hunt's predecessor recklessly promised tax cuts. Now tax increases are on the cards, though they may only happen slowly as thresholds are frozen. Mr. Hunt will argue that his fiscal medicine is necessary, but it will not go down easily. Burberry's Buoyant Six Months Though high street clothing retailers have struggled in 2022, it has been a good year to tailor the rich. With their customers less at the mercy of inflation, many luxury fashion brands have enjoyed bumper profits. Expectations are thus high on Thursday as Burberry, a classic British brand, reports earnings for the first half of the year. Burberry will probably return to pre-pandemic levels of profitability. The chief executive, Jonathan Ackeroyd, will also unveil his plan to compete with European rivals. Mr. Ackeroyd has emphasized the brand's Britishness and replaced former creative director Riccardo Tisci, an Italian, with Daniel Lee, a Yorkshireman. The brand's future, however, lies closer to Beijing than Bradford. Burberry made £1.3 billion, or $1.6 billion, last year from Asia, almost half its total. But sales in China, its biggest Asian market, have been hurt by the country's zero-COVID policy. Some analysts predict that China's luxury market will recover in 2023. Mr. Ackeroyd will be hoping they are right. A new leader for America's Catholics On Thursday, American bishops meet in Baltimore as the Plenary Assembly of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops wraps up. A day earlier, the bishops elected Timothy Broglio, the Archbishop for the Armed Forces, as their national president. He will be an important voice for the Church, notably in the battle over abortion in America. Archbishop Broglio was not the most ardent pro-life campaigner on the ballot, but the bishop's hard line on abortion is unlikely to change under his leadership. He supported a religious exemption for COVID-19 vaccines on the grounds that some jabs were developed using cells derived from aborted fetal tissue. 
His new deputy, Archbishop William Laurie, has chaired the conference's committee on pro-life activities. The conference is out of step with many American Catholics. According to Pew Research Center, a think tank, more than half believe abortion should be legal in all or most cases. The Latin Grammy Awards It has been a bumper year for Latin music. In March, Anita became the first Brazilian singer to top Spotify's global song chart. Bad Bunny, a Puerto Rican who was the most streamed artist on Spotify in 2020 and 2021, has smashed records again in 2022. When his album Un Verano Senti, A Summer Without You, was released on May 6th, Bad Bunny became the most streamed artist on a single day ever. On Thursday, at the Latin Grammy Awards in Las Vegas, the acts will probably win industry plaudits, too. Bad Bunny leads with ten nominations. Anita's hit single En Barber, Involved, is up for record of the year. Others with a good chance of success include Camilo, a Colombian singer-songwriter, and Edgar Barrera, a Mexican musician. Latin music is also gaining more recognition at international award shows. Un Verano is shortlisted for Album of the Year at America's Grammys in February 2023, a first for a Spanish-language record. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which rock group produced the international hit Chasing Cars? Wednesday. Which American retail chain was founded in 1923 by a Mr. Pressman? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Helen Keller. Tyranny cannot defeat the power of ideas. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app to start listening.